Hey, welcome to episode 11 of the Conversation Series. Today's guest is my copywriter and friend, John Cook. John uh, runs a company called Keynote Content, and he's just one of the best guys around, one of the best copywriters around. And he and I, we had a great chat about how to leverage copy in, in your business. I find that a lot of entrepreneurs I work with, they always clench up a little bit when they realize they have to write things. They have to write their LinkedIn profile and their emails and their sales pages and their landing pages and their follow-up sequences and really anywhere. Like we have to say all these words and type all these words and it can be really, really painful sometimes. So John and I, John gives us like really great frameworks of practical tips that we can use in our words to be more persuasive, to be more genuine. And the number one thing that John talks about is how we can be more clear. So without further ado, enjoy this quick chat with John Cook. Want to know what it really takes to build a thriving, profitable business from the ground up? Hey, I'm your host, Cody Birch, and this is the Cody Builds a Business Podcast, your unfiltered front row seat to watching me build a seven-figure online business from scratch or die trying. Let's get started. All right, we now welcome to the Cody Builds a Business Podcast, my good friend, John Cook. John, hello. Hello, Cody. Hey, man, thanks for being on the podcast today. I like to start with how people got started in their business. I have so much reverence, not that entrepreneurs are better or worse than people who aren't running their own companies, but I, I just, I've been through it. I know it's not easy. So take me back to how you got started in your content and keynote copy <laughs> company. Yeah. So I started my company, uh, Keynote Content, about coming up on close to six years ago. And we started just myself kind of on the side. I was looking at, you know, doing some writing, doing some copy and people kept saying, Hey, you're a great writer and you should really explore this. I'm like, well, you know, I don't know about that. And then in grad school, uh, one of my mentors said, Hey, you would be a great copywriter. And I had no clue what copy was. I said, well, I thought that they were talking about like protecting song lyrics. I said, okay, that's great. I, I'll just keep with my blogging on the side. And then over the course of the next couple of years, some different doors opportunity were opening and brands were reaching out to me saying, Hey, we hear you're a great writer. Can you create some content for us? I'm like, I'm not even sure what you're talking about with content. And really it's kind of like this both feet first diving into Google and great mentors. And it's kind of grown from there to where I now have a team of six and myself and we provide copy and content for speakers, coaches, and consultants. Awesome. And you were doing that. Were you doing that at a side company as well? Because you had a job like me, you had a nine to five desk job before you started your entrepreneurial journey. What was that transition like? Was there a balance there? Was that winding down while this was schooling up? What was that journey like? Yeah, I was actually winding down. And it's one where I kind of been in two different jobs over the course of about a three year span. I was in two different, you know, different type of companies. And it was one where it just was not a good fit. I could tell like there was something entrepreneurial inside of me. And then I kind of looked back as I was thinking about the making kind of that entrepreneurial jump. Um, I realized that I'm basically the fourth generation entrepreneur. If I jumped into this, I go, Oh, well that, that makes sense. Why this is kind of this fire burning inside of me. And from there to make the transition, my, my wife, Kara, she really encouraged me. She said, if there's a time of transition, uh, we don't have any kids right now. Kara was working full time. She's like, let's do this. And so, you know, it would not have happened without my, my wife, Kara supporting me. And within two weeks, kind of like I was, as I knew things were kind of winding down during the summer of 2013, things were kind of winding down. I was like, this is not, and this is really a toxic company. Um, I would kind of finish up and I was working like 60, 70 hours a week and I would come home, eat dinner, and then basically start building out my company from like six or seven o'clock at night until basically bedtime. And I did that for like the last six weeks at the company there. And then basically kind of hit the eject button. And it's, it was about seven or eight months later, completely replaced and actually surpassed my previous salary. And it was you know, just some huge opportunities there. 
what were those first days like? Do you remember the early days of trying to get the first clients, trying to make the first dollar? Were you washing windows at the <laughs> at the intersection? What did you do to make ends meet in the very beginning? Obviously with copy stuff, not with washing windows. What was that like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a great question. So it's one where when I first started out, I mean, I had spent the previous seven or eight years kind of part of my job was kind of like this wearing, you know, 17, 18 different hats. People are like, oh, hey, you know, we know you're doing this communications thing. Communication includes social media, right? So well, apparently it does now. And oh, it includes graphic design. Well, apparently it does now. And website, we need a website. And like all these different things. And so for the previous seven years before I really jumped into this, not just doing writing, but also doing, I was a creative arts director. I was doing a lot of different things. Uh, wearing many hats. And so when I made the transition, jumped those first couple of weeks, it was like basically shaking all the bushes around me of, you know, they call it shaking the nickel bush, where it's like just talking to different people. It's like, oh, hey, we've had a connection. Here's what I'm doing now. And, and from there, it's just um, being able to lean into those connections and see, okay, um, having conversations and being able to share, this is what I've really been wanting to do for the last five, six, seven years. And now I get a chance to really do it. And I would love for you to either, um, if this is something interesting and it is a felt need for you, let's talk more. Or if you know somebody, I would love an introduction. And so I drink so much coffee and I don't really like that. You know, I don't like coffee that much, but I drank so much coffee those first six months where I'm going like, people are like, hey, you want to you wanna go to Starbucks? No, I want to go anywhere else but Starbucks right now. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I got a, uh, that Christmas, I got a Starbucks gift card in my stocking. And I was like, oh, thanks. I uh, appreciate that. But really, it was that feeling of I've got to hustle my way. And people, you know, people talk about hustle. There's this actual grind of entrepreneurship that I think really has kind of this, this you know, flashy sex appeal right from the beginning. Oh, I've, I've, you know, hashtag hustle. But it's going, but unless you're getting your butt out there and calling people, leaving voice messages, sending emails, actually wanting to have those uh, four meetings back to back to back to back at that same Panera or whatever it is, you got to get your butt out there and actually grind out with the energy and the stamina and say, just be very, very comfortable with hearing no, because it's going to happen. And that was my experience for the first couple months. And I remember my first, my first project, someone said, Hey, can you get me on the Facebook? It wasn't, it wasn't Facebook. It was giving me on the Facebook. I said, yeah, I can get you on the Facebook. And it's when we're like, I, I didn't have an idea for pricing. I was coming out of the nonprofit space and so I was like, okay, well, you know, hundred bucks, put together your Facebook page and do a design. I'll do some custom design for your cover art and, and like did something where now I'm kind of going, yeah, that's probably charged, you know, five times that for the amount of like copy and the Facebook design and these custom emails and whatnot. But I said, yeah, hundred bucks. And I got that first, uh, that first check and I kind of went, okay, this is pretty special. So what was the turning point? You said you replaced your income and exceeded your income in about a seven or eight month span. Do you feel there was a tipping point where you things started to get a little bit easier? Yeah, that's when I stopped networking. What I mean by networking is going, you know, some people say, oh, you got to get out there. You got to just go to these random events and do these meetups. And at the encouragement of one of my mentors, um, and also like there are two, there are two elements that factored into that, that pivot was really finding mentors that could really speak into not just my industry, but as a business operations overall. And they said, need to figure out and focus in who's your target market. But then from there saying, who are the people who are already in conversation with your target market? And so when I stopped networking and made the shift into building strategic partnerships 
and saying, because, you know, you go to people say, Oh, you need a, you're going to start a business. You should join BNI and you know, confession. I joined BNI and I did that for two years and I'm going, okay, that's great. If you're, if you just want to start out and it works with some businesses and I'm not, I'm not definitely not bashing BNI. It's great for, for many, many businesses. But when I looked up and I realized I was having a one-on-one with a guy who was an electrician, I'm going, I have nothing in common business wise with an electrician. And to transition from that, saying, but who are the people? So it was website developers. It was business coaches. It was people who are graphic designers, people who are social media experts. Those are the people who are already in conversation with my ideal, you know, the target market that I really want to connect with. And when I made that shift to say, I need to be building strong, healthy, great, value-rich relationships with these strategic partners, that was when the shift really happened for me. I had a similar story. I went to meetups in the beginning. I saw that's what you're supposed to do. I think a lot of people, when they start their company, they, I used to be in the mortgage business. I did the same thing. I would go to chamber of commerce meetings and John, you know, this, I'm super introverted. I, I was so uncomfortable at those meetings. And I went to a few meetups here in Colorado Springs and there would be 20 people there. I would take it very seriously. I would dress up. I like to look nice despite what I'm wearing today. I like to look nice at a, at a and like have a effect on people and you know, show up with my presence, right? Everybody else is there in flannel pajamas and, and Crocs and flip flops and, and not paying attention. And they're, they're running not real businesses. I don't want to bash any specific business, but they weren't running an actual business. And so I went there to network and to serve. And I brought, you know, now I would take copies of my book and like, I'm very serious. And, uh, it's like, wait, these, these types of people I can't help. And I missed dinner with my family tonight to be out here. So what tips would you have to help people make those strategic partnerships? Cause honestly, thinking back, I, mean, I did the exact same thing. Like that's, that was the catalyst. I met a guy who had a complimentary skill set? who needed a funnel guy or an ads guy on the back end. He had no way to serve them. And I did. And that really transformed things for me. And that happened really quickly when I got out on my own. Any tips that maybe you and I can brainstorm some ideas? Like, how do you find those people? That's yeah. crucial. So one of the most overlooked resources that I have found in any business, any industry, and which is, you know, it might seem like a, a, a big, broad statement, but the, one of the most overlooked tools that I've found is LinkedIn. And not just LinkedIn, but the LinkedIn search features. And it's when we were talking about this earlier, and I kind of, you know, changed my mind a little bit here based on what we were kind of talking about earlier. And there is a way for you to be able to look through LinkedIn and be able to find people that fit inside your target market. And you can search and you can find, there are different programs out there. There's a program called Linked Helper that can uh, do this for you automatically and helps send messages. And, and but, but to do it in a way where a lot of people see LinkedIn as, oh, it's, I don't know if I really need that. I'm not really into, I'm not really an executive, but it says, I like looking at LinkedIn as Facebook that's wearing a, a suit and tie. And what I mean by that is, is basically the arena where people are going to do big business deals and are looking for specialists. They're not looking for people that are, you know, might just have a, a heartbeat and can fill a role in a, in a company. It says, no, you're looking for somebody who has a specific skill set that you are looking to complement or accentuate what you're wanting to do with your business. And when you can look for people, and, and that's why when I was really starting to make that transition, I went to LinkedIn and said, okay, who are people who are social media experts in the Denver area or in the Chicago area or in whatever it might be, or who, who's a business coach for coaches? And, and thinking about, you know, and you can go to Google, you can go to, okay, and once you, all you have to do is connect with two or three people who fit inside that strategic, strategic partnership and then ask them, you know my message now. You know the, the level and quality of, of services I can provide. Who else do you know that would be a great introduction for me? 
um, that I'm looking for more strategic partnerships. And from there, essentially at that point, you're, you're leveraging their connections and their audience to then be able to say, how do I make sure that I can connect with other like-minded people? And it also comes back to like, you, you don't have to do that much work to grow your network. If you simply focus on being absolutely incredible with what you do with your products or your services. And that, I think that's one of the big things that a lot of entrepreneurs overlook is going, okay, I can put out an online course. Yeah, but your online course is at best B level quality. I don't want to settle for a B grade. I want to settle for, I want to be able to reach for that A, A plus type of quality and content because you are only as good as your previous product was sold or as your previous service was provided. And I tell that to my team on a consistent basis, we are only as good as the previous sales page or the previous email campaign that we put out. And it's one where people say, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a big burden though. That's a kind of a big stress, but it's one where you go, when you put that level of expectation, it's not perfection, but it's really pursuing this extraordinary excellence that people, they, you know, people see that and it's such a refreshing change because there are so many different experts who are, oh, I'm a, I'm a funnel guy, or I'm a marketing specialist, or I'm a social media expert, and they don't do jack when it comes to any type of quality. If yep. you can show up on time, you can deliver on time, and you can provide a great, if not an excellent product or service, people rave about you. Yeah. Awesome. That's a uh, really practical tips. I'm taking a lot of notes here. I'll put in the show notes as well, but great tips on networking and getting started and growing your business. Thank you for being so generous with that information there. I didn't know that's where the conversation would go, but why I love doing podcast interviews like this. So let's talk about copywriting. That's your superpower. And it's an area where I have seen when I was at my corporate job as an employee, and then now out in the real world as an entrepreneur, it's such a pain point for people. I don't think I've ever seen a concept of people's business that makes them shrivel up faster and want to go hide in a corner than when they talk about having copy. And I personally, my take on it is people tend to overthink it and they just need to talk like you and I are having a conversation. Now, I heard a quote, Seth Godin's book came out recently, This Is Marketing, and somebody, he's been on all the interviews and they say, hey, I love how you write. And he said, well, I write like I speak and like, well, I also like how you talk. And he's like, well, it took me a while to get there. So, you know, his, he's not a great, he is a great copywriter in the sense that he took time to speak with clarity and to be concise and all those things. So where do people get copy wrong on their landing pages and emails? Like what's the... Uh, how do they get off on the wrong foot? Yeah, and I think for many people when they say, well, I write copy, and I think people try to, so many people I've found try to be too clever. So I feel like I you know, feel this pressure, like I have to kind of create this wow impression. But he goes, I would rather be clear because we can afford to be not as clever. We cannot afford to be unclear. We absolutely have to be as clear as possible with our copy. And what do I mean by clear is saying, when I'm reading this, how do I know that you get me? Do you understand the exact problem that I'm facing? Do you understand even the same, same types of words or even the exact words that I'm using to articulate my problem? And is it clear to me that your understanding of my problem has translated into a proven product or service that can solve my problem? which these are fundamental principles and it's one where you kind of go, these are not, this isn't rocket science, but it's so overlooked because I think there's this pressure of I'm writing copy. It, it has to be this award-winning um, show-stopping type copy. No, it needs to be clear and it needs to be powerful in its clarity first. And, and when people create copy, I think people also try to use too many words. Why use 20 words if 15 words will do? 
or saying, you know, cause when I, when I look at copy, I, I kind of ask two questions. Could this be clearer and could this be more succinct or more concise? And from there saying, you look at a, a number of different headlines saying it's not really clear to me, but even when people say it's clear, but is it as concise as it could be? And so introducing clarity and conciseness into your copy really will strengthen your copy. But also I look at, uh, you know, there's the classic people say, well, you're, you need to promote benefits instead of features because nobody cares about what, what the wind speed of a vacuum is. It's, it, they care about, will this make my carpets cleaner? And I like to think when people also think, okay, emphasize your benefits over your, over your features, I like to think about maybe even a step beyond that. Emphasize the status that your audience seeks because each of us has a status that we want to see in each part of our lives. And, and for so many of us, that status for different areas of our lives is not where we want it to be. I'm a great husband. I'm a great dad. I'm a hard worker. I'm a successful entrepreneur, but I suck at exercise or I'm terrible with my nutrition. And so the status that we adopt when we go to different dieting websites or exercise websites for, or, or for trainers or fitness wellness is saying the status that I seek is being healthy or being fit or whatever it is. So like thinking about not just what are the benefits, but how will this product or service promise me a better status for tomorrow? Yeah. Going back to the first thing you said there about trying to get too clever, trying to, where people really need to know, do they get me? Do they understand my pain and my problem? And can I communicate the transformation I provide to them clearly? How do we know those conversations going on in their head? How do we start to, and I, I think I'm more asking not as professional copywriters because you have to do that for lots of different types of industries. Most people listening to the show, they have to do it for themselves, but it's fun to talk about ourselves like I'm doing right now, instead of shutting up and letting the people talk and saying like, I need to be able to talk to them and use the words that they're using to describe their average day and their pain that they're feeling and their transformation that they want. How do you know that stuff? Yeah. And we can't possibly know the exact words that they're saying unless we've heard or received those words from them. And what do I mean by that? It means unless you've taken the time to be in conversation with your audience, you are going to miss the mark. You might get close. You might even get lucky with hitting it every once in a while. But if you want to consistently connect with your audience, with your copy, you need to interview and talk with them, surveys, conversations, social media, LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, whatever it is, and jumping in, asking questions, getting feedback, like for every single one of our projects that we go through for our clients, uh, something we've implemented over the last, uh, last about two months is every project finishes up with a feedback form and a testimonial opportunity. We're not just looking for it and we're not asking questions like, was this on time or was this, you know, did this meet your expectations? But how has this copy really changed how you see your product or service? Or how has our, how has the, the product, how has the, the content we provided for you changed your opinion of your business impact or how you see your business reaching your audience better because of the copy and content we provided for you? And from that, we're looking, you know, because people respond differently when you ask them to, to revisit their perspective. How, where were you before you start working with us? And then how do you see yourself now after working with us? And, and we gather that type of input. We gather that, those types of responses. And then we're going to start putting it in, as we transition into January and February here, really starting to put some of their feedback and some of the even same language they're using into some of our sales pages for different courses that we have or different coaching opportunities to articulate using some of their own words. 
Talk about that feedback form a little bit. I like that idea. It makes it a very natural flow to be able to get feedback and also to get testimonials from them. I think that's some place that I definitely struggle. I'm assuming I'm not the only one that struggles getting testimonials when I know I get a great result. How has that worked out in your business since you implemented that? Yeah, great question. So it's one where I would I like to have no, uh, for our kind of feedback form, I like to say it needs to be something that can be completed in around 10 minutes and definitely no more than 15. And okay, is that multiple choice? Great. Then it's a five minute. Um, or if, or is it a, they fill in the blank and kind of give us kind of more of a long form. Okay. Then we have fewer questions. And so we kind of do a combination. Some of it is kind of like, oh, on a scale of one to 10. And those are, those are kind of fun to, to fill out from like a, a grading. Cause it's like, you can, you know, be a bit arbitrary with the numbers, but then I want to, I want them to fill out three or four different questions that have, no, I want you to type in the response. Um, and I'd love to have you say in your own words, your reaction or your perspective uh, regarding this question. Um, but it's one where we don't make it a lot of questions at all. It's, uh, it's nine questions at most, um, depending on the, you know, the type of product, or the different type of service that we offer to them. Um, like it's when I have a feedback form that's going out, um, uh, later this week for people who just completed our case study group for our new coaching program. And it's one where it's going to take probably about 10 minutes to fill out. And, uh, because I want them to think about, and it's, it's about, it'd probably be seven questions. We're at, we're about five questions right now, but as I kind of build out the rest of it, it's going to be about the six, seven question mark to where I want them to fill in the sections and not just kind of give me an arbitrary number. Um, because arbitrary numbers are fun for the, for the person who's filling it out, but it doesn't really create great data for you to, to cultivate and then implement for your business. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'd like to probably take a look at that. Maybe after the interview, you can send me something like that. That's really an interesting way to do it instead of just hoping it'll happen or hoping that they'll say something nice on social media, like really teeing that up for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to use this, uh, opportunity to be very selfish and you and I can brainstorm. I want some feedback on something that I've been working on and maybe we'll solve the world's problems and maybe not, but maybe it'll give us some really great ideas of how to do this. So by the time this episode airs, the world will know I'm doing a live event in uh, June of 2019 in Denver. And as I've been rolling that out, because I'm still in the development phase, I don't have the venue selected, I have the dates selected, but um, and maybe by the time this episode drops, it'll all be very clear and the sales page will be up and it might already be sold out, so who knows. But in the meantime, as I'm telling people this, one of the top questions I get, which is one of the top questions I ask my clients, people ask me, hey, who's that for? Like, who would come to the event? And it's somewhere in between, I'm not sure, or maybe this type of person, this type of person. What types of questions would you ask a guy like me trying to put on an event and replace event with, you know, anybody listening, like a product, a book, a podcast, a show, a lead magnet, a PDF, whatever. These same questions definitely apply. And so the breakthrough I had, I'll just leave with this. The breakthrough I had this last weekend was that there's a chance that a lot of people have gotten to a point in their business with some success. Maybe you're there. Maybe you're beyond there, John. It sounds like you're beyond there. Uh, I'm still kind of there where referrals and word of mouth only get you so far. And then you need a predictable way to get more leads in, in, into your ecosystem, which I would call that a funnel. So we need to make a thing that people want, speak to them in their language, like you've talked about already, and then invite them into your universe and they can consume your content for me, listen to the podcast, read the emails I send out once or twice a week, and then be like, hey, I like this guy, or I don't like this guy and they can opt out, that's fine. So that's that is a little bit of a breakthrough in that that is a 
subset of entrepreneurship of people that are looking to make the transition from word of mouth, no dollars in marketing to I'm ready to invest in marketing and paid advertising to get people into my world that don't currently know who I am and bring them in. Now, I need to think of a more concise way to phrase that, but that's about as far as I've gotten. Now, there's other demographics, like it's for men and women. It's for, I don't know, people about my age, plus or minus 20 years. Like, uh, I don't really know that that matters. People that aren't probably brand new in entrepreneurship, people that are probably, I don't know, around a six-figure business because they need to be able to be ready to invest in their marketing and Facebook advertising and come to live events like this. So in my head, it's not a startup event. It's not a free event. It's not a, hey, I've got a random idea I might want to launch someday. And that's about as far as I've gotten. And I don't know how to communicate that on a sales page or an invitation or even as I'm just rambling to you on this show. So what should I be thinking about? What questions should I be asking? Feel free to fire away. Yeah. So the first question I would ask for you is kind of, Cody, um, people would ask, oh, why, why the event? I like to take that question and push a little bit further. Um, what is the change in your status that you would hope to have from putting on this event? It's an extension of this podcast, of the book that I wrote. It's uh, asserting my leadership and influence as a, I don't like any of these words, but a thought leader, guru, influencer type person. I need to probably get over it and just own those words. But that's what the event is. Like they would come to my event, which I have a history of doing. My wife's an event planner. My ops manager used to work with me at a lot of events. I met you at a live event, John. Mm -hmm. They've been like so key to my growth as a, an entrepreneur that I want to make a place where people can come and learn. Um, practical marketing tips. I don't want to call it like funnel foundations, like how to get started with your funnel. Like to me, that doesn't sound that compelling. I wouldn't fly across the country and stay at a hotel to learn the foundations, even though if that's what I actually give them is like, listen, this isn't about the latest, you know, hack you can try to use to try to whatever. This is about where I see a lot of people go wrong is their basic marketing, communication, persuasion, advertising is less than, and it's not effective. So let's get together and I'm going to show you how I would do that. So that wasn't the question you asked, but my status would be increased by putting on that live event, assembling 75 to 150 people in a room, teaching them, bringing in experts, speaking, ultimately, you know, getting them a result, which it really gets my, uh, like makes my arm hair stand on end. Like there will be an amount of people that through the systems that I know and teach and, and um, propose are going to get great results and they're going to make a ton of money and they might have a lot of financial freedom or time freedom. And that's going to happen at the next event where we go, Hey, who in here implemented and, June and now it's December and now they're going to get whatever version of my, you know, two comma club award. They made their first thousand, their first 10,000, their first hundred thousand, you know, whether it's leads or revenue. I've got just, I haven't, I haven't put a small amount of thought into this. I've got, I know the event's going to be awesome. And I know you know me well enough and my wife wants to know it's going to be a great event. It is going to be a great event. I am very confident with that. In the meantime, who's it for? Like, how do I get the awesome people into an awesome event where it's not just me and you and, you know, our, our wives and like, you're doing great, honey. Like, how do We're we... also proud of you. Thanks, mom. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's one where, you know, the reason I ask about the status question is because when, it can, when we can establish in your status that you desire and saying, how do you, uh, for some people, that also translates to the same type of status shift that you're hoping for your audience. This is not exactly the same case when it comes to your event. I would say, and, and kind of as you were getting further on in your answer there, it actually landed on you want to establish a, a, a kind of a, a shifting point for people who have a, a good business, but it's not great yet, or it's not to the level of profitability that they want it to be. And they're saying, I'm looking for a way to implement automation and technology in a way that accentuates my message beyond my everyday schedule. And, and part of that is saying when we can take 
the the person who is wanting to come to this event, knowing you, knowing your your message, knowing what you offer from like a, a services and solution standpoint, what I'm looking at is saying, this is for the entrepreneur who feels they have hit a ceiling. Um, I can only do so much and I feel like if I could clone myself, this might be the event. Um, this is for this is for the entrepreneur who is ready to leverage technology without sacrificing relationships along the way. Hmm. Uh, this is for the entrepreneur who's wanting to to scale their business realistically with a product they already believe in. Um, this is for the the business owner who is wanting to essentially. Um, I would think this is for a business owner that wants to stay in the forefront of marketing because they already know they're leading their industry. Hmm. Uh, this is for the entrepreneur who is excited about the opportunities ahead, but wants to know how do I do this the right way? Um, and, and what we're doing is like knowing, you know, some of the voices that you would have in that room and knowing that there are some different opportunities um, for people to kind of speak into all these different elements of uh, essentially building funnels or marketing or, or putting together a, some sort of, of lead generation type of experience saying, uh, this is for the entrepreneur frustrated at all the systems, processes, and, and um, shortcuts that they've tried and failed at because it wasn't the right fit. Yeah. I'm actually not even recording this. This is just my own private call. I tricked you to giving me that information and yeah. uh, <laughs> never going to publish it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, not the last time. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> All right, let's start recording here. We'll go live here in a few seconds. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, that's super helpful. A lot of what you said, I love, I love your way with words and that's why we've gotten along. One of the reasons we've gotten along so well the last couple of years. So Thank the you. ones that really stood out to me was you talked about wanting to clone themselves because people I talked to, even like my wife, whose episode dropped uh, this morning, the time we're recording this, I asked her on the show, Hey, do you want to scale your business? And honestly, she doesn't necessarily, but if she did, she would have said a lot of those things like, well, I feel like I can't cause I've got to clone myself and I don't, you know, I have to do all these things. I have to, I don't know how to really, you know, use technology to attract clients. And she, she boasted on the boast is the wrong word. She, she bragged. She, she mentioned she had grown her business so far she shared. Shared. <laughs> with no judgment behind the, the sharing. She shared that she grew a business with no marketing dollars spent, which is amazing. Uh, that'll only last you so long. Um, if, if people have aspirations to grow beyond that, then this is the event for you. So um, I'm going to have to listen back to those. I couldn't type as fast as you were talking, but I, I really liked a lot of those. Some of them just jumped off the page. So I think that that will hit a lot of the pain points. Cause again, it's, I think it's easy for us when we, I first start with demographics and mm -hmm. I don't think that that gets me super far when it comes to starting copy. And for me, that's, that's where I, I think a lot of people need like a kickstart and he just kickstarted a bunch of stuff for me, you know, just with a, like, I don't know. He just, he's such a wizard at that. You just thought about it for two seconds and gave me like nine lines I could use as headlines on any sales page. Um, but I start with like, well, it's four men that are 32 years old that have a, you know, went to the university of Oklahoma that are like, no, like that's not like, that's part of it kind of, I guess, but that's not how they feel. It's not their identity. It's not what their average day is like. It's not what frustrates them. And you just mentioned all the right ways. So thank you for that kickstart. Hopefully that inspired a lot of people listening. Like, oh, that was good. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good start. Well, and you can ask when you, when you go into these types of uh, situations saying, okay, I like to ask just like some uh, three or four pretty, pretty simple questions. And, and I think that, 
you know, it's kind of a little bit of a side note. It's like, I think we, we try to be too complex with our questions uh, when it comes to creating copy and when it comes to engaging with our audience, but like simple questions, like what would get you excited at this event? Or what would, um, what would get you on a plane with 200 complete strangers who probably haven't showered that morning to fly to, to Denver, Colorado to sit here for three days and, and like, and what would be worth your while for that? Yeah. And then having, you know, kind of, you know, if you're in conversation with somebody who's in your target market and listen to the answers that they would give, again, that's back to the interviewing and having actual conversations with your target market. But I would say, you know, again, what gets you excited or what's keeping you up at night? What's the status that you seek? You know, what, um, what would get you on a plane going to a completely different city? To, um, what would, what would cause you to do that? And people, when they have the simple questions, they start to give actually some pretty, pretty revealing answers about what's really stirring inside their hearts, inside their guts from a business standpoint. And then that starts to come out with like, gosh, I would be really excited if I knew that I could fully automate my sales process for 2019. Yeah. Interesting. Something like that. Yep. Absolute gold. I don't know why I'm taking so many notes. I can just listen back to the recording, but it helps me kind of remember and solidify what you said. Do you have any other frameworks that come to mind as we kind of wind down here that can help people? And thank you for serving my very selfish desire, but it is my podcast after all. My name is that's true. My line. For people that are just, I don't know, they're getting started. They're, they have to write that email. They're staring at the white screen. There's a little cursor blinking at them and they're chugging coffee and they're coming up with every reason they can think of to not start to peck out letters on the keyboard. I don't think I'm alone when I feel that way sometimes on an ad. And I feel like over the years, I've just forced myself to get kind of decent at it but I still face all that. It's hard to get started. It's hard to push the sled over the hill and start to slide down. Like it's just, it's tough to get started. What are some things that you would recommend for people to jumpstart an ad, an email, a landing page, their tagline on LinkedIn? Like that's all copy. It's all persuasion. It's all words used with some kind of goal to make people feel a certain way that draw them closer, get some kind of result. How do we get past that blinking cursor fear? Yeah. So I would start with the question when it comes to like your headline, I'm just going to basically riff on this for a bit and you know, you just feel free to you know, interrupt me or, or whatever if, if needed. Um, so like for your headline, I would come in and say, what is your audience craving? Or what is it that, again, it comes back to, you know, what are they, what would get you excited? But it, when you ask what they're craving, that actually takes it beyond just an excitement or an interest into almost an obsession or what is your audience obsessed about? right now that will, that will catch their attention. Um, and then that's kind of your headline. And then you can further uh, tease out that interest with the sub headline about, you know, what, let's take it even further. Let's turn that up to 11 in that sub headline. Um, and then you can start to list out from there. Um, what are the connection points? Hey, does this sound like you? Are you tired of, da, 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 are you frustrated? Are you pulling your hair out? And, and tired of hitting your head against the wall about this part of your area or business, finances, relationships, mindset, whatever it is. Um, and what you're doing is you're basically what I call is inroading. You're creating opportunities for saying, hey, are you frustrated by this? Are you tired of that? Are you stuck? You know, whatever it might be. Whereas someone might say, okay, I'm not really tired. I'm not really you know, frustrated, but I am stuck. Okay, so one of those three questions has connected and created an inroads for a wider variety of, of, of people to connect with the rest of your copy on your page. And then from there, it really starts to create essentially the story that we want to buy into. And it says, well, if you're like many entrepreneurs, you have this feeling that I have this business that I'd like to get off the ground. And I've done a lot with building 
with friends and families and some connection I make, but now my schedule's jam-packed and I feel like I'm sick of, um, you know, I'm sick of missing family uh, dinners. I'm, I'm tired of um, having a mountain of emails to get to in the morning. And I feel like um, um, I'm tired of all the technology opportunities out there and just not knowing exactly where to get started. I feel stuck when it comes to leveraging technology to grow my business. Yep. If that sounds like you're, you're not alone. And for many entrepreneurs are saying, how do I use something like automation? It might sound like, a, you know, it might sound like a foreign word. It might even be a four letter word for you, depending on how much you've invested on these automations in the past. And so what I'm doing is I'm creating these, you know, I'm starting to stir up this feeling off of those inroads, uh, those inroad questions. I'm stirring up, this might be a story that sounds familiar to you. And what we're doing is we're creating in this dopamine uh, experience of somebody's connecting with something that's keeping you up at night. Or what, do, what is that really burning desire? Or what is that something that you crave that you can't stop thinking about that you're almost obsessed about? And then we start to make this shift. And the good news is that you're not alone. There are so many different entrepreneurs who have that same type of experience and they've spent tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, a million dollars more trying to put automations and systems and processes and basically trying to clone themselves digitally so that they don't have to work such crazy hours and miss, you know, miss their kid's dance recital or forget the anniversary or whatever it might be or you know, sleep two hours a week, whatever it is. And we're creating the story and that gets into the oxytocin side of people saying, gosh, I'm not alone. Cool. I'm part of another group of entrepreneurs who have these same types of struggles. But then we lead into the serotonin aspect of saying, but imagine being able to have all of your systems and processes in place that will clone you digitally and absolutely save you tens of hours of, of work and frustration and heartache every week, let alone thousands of dollars every year, tens of thousands of dollars. Imagine having that type of solution. So I'm inviting you to join us on June 2019. We're going to have a great event here. I'm Cody Birch with Cody Builds a Business Podcast, and I want to invite you to get that one-stop shop for automating your business from start to finish. I love that, man. That's, that's, it just rolls off your tongue. It's so... It's so simple. So thank you so much again for being like so generous with that. You mentioned on the show, did you have on the little pre-interview here, you said you might have a giveaway for my audience. Is that true? Can we mention that or no? Yes, I do have a giveaway. And specifically what I've done is that I spent probably about 200 hours researching how the human brain is wired to receive persuasive messages. And specifically what are the four brain chemicals, the four main brain chemicals that we can actually connect with and interact with as we share our messages with our audience. And people say, oh, brain science and persuasion, that sounds like manipulation. But there are ways of saying, how do we do this in a way that keeps our conscience and integrity intact, but also say, these are words to help you better articulate a message that you can actually follow through with, with your products and services. And so I came up with, you know, after the 200 hours of research, identified a hundred different words and phrases um, divided up 25 per brain chemical, 25 for dopamine, 25 for oxytocin, 25 for serotonin, 25 for endorphins. And I've listed out in this checklist I put together called 100 Words and Phrases Guaranteed to Strengthen Your Message as a Thought Leader. And I put that together as a checklist, and I can put that in the show notes. You can have the link there, and it's free, uh, free for you to download. Um, I do ask for your name, email address, and I promise I will spam you forever. No, no, I will, I will not do that. Uh, in fact, I, I hate inbox abuse, so you'll get minimal emails from me once you get the checklist. But it's one where that'll be my gift to give away, and it can help you and your audience really start to figure out 
gosh, I'm looking for this exact word, but I'm really wanting this word to connect uh, in this, this certain way with the audience. What's, what's the right word for building that kind of that community feeling a really, and then we can go through the list of words and you find any of those 25 words and that you're looking for an oxytocin reaction in that type of situation. Yeah, I love it. That That's what reminded me of that. And we've talked about that PDF before. And I'm sure any emails you send, spam or otherwise, are going to be thoughtfully written, persuasive. They're going to touch all my brain chemicals and compel me to do business with you uh, beyond that. So you've provided massive value for my audience today. And I'm uh, very grateful for you taking the time out of your schedule to do this. Uh, you're my go-to guy for all things copy. And, and anybody that wants to learn more about you, John, how can they do that? How can they follow along? Absolutely. Well, before I jump into that, thank you, Cody, for having me on the Cody Builds a Business uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. For people who want to say, hey, uh, this John Cook guy seems somewhat normal. Let's go ahead and start a conversation. You can check out all of my work at keynotecontent.com, K-E-Y-N-O-T-E-C-O-N-T-E-N-T.com. And it'll be in the show notes as well. And uh, again, we'll have the giveaway for the 100 words and phrases. Uh, check into that. I'm also on social media. Um, at keynote content. Um, just pick a social media site. I'm on it with that tagline. Awesome. Well, thanks again, John. I really appreciate it. And I'll link those up in the show notes. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that chat with John. I enjoyed it a ton. As you can tell, we put too much pressure on ourselves when it comes to writing copy and the more clear we can be, the uh, all be. So to see what John and I worked on, go to www.onehourfunnellive.com and you'll see a lot of the stuff that John and I brainstormed through right there on the page. I'll see you there.